1: When it comes to listing your home for sale, everyone and their mom has advice.
0: Oh, honey, who's going to want to buy this place on a cul-de-sac? It's literally a dead end.
1: But for professional advice, a Remax agent actually knows best.
0: Let's start with a neighborhood analysis. I've been seeing lots of buyers looking to move here.
1: Remax is the most trusted name in real estate. Visit Remax.com or download the Remax app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.
2: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royalo, and I'm Connor Oaks. and this is the podcast. If you're a loyal listener, you know this, where we talk about the major legal stories of the week from two different perspectives: the good perspective, <laughs> the honorable, honest one. No, I'm just joking. The I'm, Boomer. I'm the Libertarian Boomer, and Connor is the Progressive. I would say...
3: uh, Filthy commie leftist. Yeah, millennial. Millennial. Yeah. So those are the... Good way to say the same thing, filthy commie or millennial. (laughs) Those are the two takes. So here are the
2: the big questions we're going to get into. Number one, did Luz Cheney stick the landing? She kind of led the charge in the big uh, congressional hearing in January 6th. And a lot of people gave her good uh, marks. We're going to talk about whether or not she accomplished her objectives. Question number two, should Geico have to pay $5 million... To a woman who got a sexually transmitted disease from having sex in a car insured by Geico.
3: This is a really interesting one, and it strikes a little bit close to home for me, given my jobs. So we'll wait, talk wait, about. That. Wait a minute, yeah. Oh, I'm I'm glad you finished up. Uh, yeah, yeah. That not sentence. the not the not the STD catching STDs in a car ah. part. Just want to make that clear to the listeners, to everyone, to my girlfriend. Uh, none of that is applicable uh, to me. But uh, Good. car insurance. We cleared that. Deal. Up. Yeah.
2: Uh, Question number three, how much should a guy get when the office throws him a birthday party that he really didn't want? We're going to explore that. Is the
3: answer a dollar? (laughs)
2: I'll give you a hint. It's more than a dollar. And finally, should lawsuit settlements stay secret if that's what the parties want? Those are the four big questions we are going to get into on Too Many Lawyers. And, of course, guess the verdict. Our uh, game show will be at the end of the episode. I'll lay out the facts of a case for Conner. He's going to guess the outcome. And I'll give you a little tease here. It's the case of the battered talk show guest. Uh Uh-oh. The case of the battered
3: talk show guest. I'm worried.
2: Yeah. Should I be be worried? No, no. Okay. But it's going to be a provocative. Okay. Uh, So before we get to topic number one, a couple of human interest items pertaining to the law. Stormy Daniels, uh, always Stormy. Gra- always gracious in victory. Stormy, yeah. she's the gal that had sex with Donald Trump, and then Michael Avenatti. Who was hasn't these days? <laughs> and then I Mike, know I have. And then her attorney, Michael Avenatti, got into a little bit of hot water. First, he was convicted of extorting the money from uh, poor Nike, uh, trying to save them twenty billion dollars in their market cap. Ah, uh, but then he he then defrauded Stormy Daniels. So, yeah, so he, terrible. He's been sentenced to prison, and here's here's the deal: he was uh, he was told, okay, you got to show up for your criminal uh, case sentencing, and uh, he said, oh boy, you know, COVID and traveling these days. I'm How so about? Busy. Yeah, how about if I appear by Zoom? And the judge said, nice try, Mike. You're going to be there in person. So when word got out to Stormy that he didn't want to show up for his sentencing, um, she uh, texted. She said, uh, when when it turned out the court said you have to show up, she said, uh, see you there, bitch. Except I'll be flying in first class. Bwa-ha-ha-ha. Hell yeah. She spelled that B-U-W-A-H-A-H-A. I wasn't sure how, Good you, for how you spell Bwahaha. Yeah. But Stormy, in addition to her other talents, yeah. she knows how to spell orthodox words.
3: Stormy's the real hero of 2021. We all had high hopes for, you know... Uh, Biden getting out of sort of his funk of first year presidency, getting mm-hmm. his sea legs and improving things. <laughs> right. uh, yeah, that didn't turn out too great. He hasn't done anything. The things he should be doing. They're so, making the progressives unhappy. The conservatives hate him for literally no reason. Uh, but Stormy is the hero. And I think she's going to carry the battle standard forward for us. So, that's so good.
2: he winds up getting sentenced to four years yeah. uh, for defrauding her out of $300,000. Here's my question. You know, did she cross the line? It wasn't very gracious to say, you know, see you there, bitch, but you know, I'm
3: going to be flying first class. What do, you, what do you think? Did she go overboard? I would say that uh, Stormy's, uh, her ticket. Uh, to success is by remaining a cultural phenom personality, name in the news. And so I a provocative tweet is mission accomplished. A provocative tweet is mission accomplished. She's doing great. She's killing it. That, that's awesome. You, you get, get the eyeballs on the tweet, get the retweets, get the, 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 the supporters going. Uh, and uh, and you know everybody likes a comeback story. They like the, the, the victim getting uh, made whole, and that's awesome. So uh, here's our other human interest item.
2: Uh, it, it's, a, it's another provocative question for you, Connor. When is a bumblebee a fish? Okay. Oh,
3: yeah, this is a good question. When um, is a
2: bumblebee a fish? I think I, uh, uh,
3: sometimes. I have
2: an answer for you. Yeah. When a judge says it is. Nice. Yeah, this is an expansion of our the scope of our show. Not just too many lawyers. Too many judges. They're often
3: lawyers, so it it works. It tracks.
2: So here's the deal. Back in um, 2018, public interest groups asked the state of California to please include four types of bumblebees on the list of endangered species because the little creatures, the populations are declining. Oh, the bee-manatee. The bee-manatee. Okay, so that's what happens. Now, the Fish and Game Commission in California, they enforce this law about the list of endangered species. They heard the request from the public interest group to to, uh, put... uh, the bumblebee on the list and they said sure that's fine Some farmers came along, some almond farmers came along and said, Hey, you know, if you do that, it's going to stop us from using pesticides on crops to stop the killer bees from killing the almonds. You can't add them to the list because, read the law, pal, the law refers to birds, mammals, fish, amphibia, or reptiles. No bees need apply. Okay, specific. Seems pretty clear. What does the Court of Appeal here in California say? Three justices, and they said, Well, sure. Bees belong on the list. Uh, California's definition of fish is pretty broad. It includes mollusks and clams, crabs and lobsters. So we say any invertebrate can be called a fish. And what do you know? We've looked it up, and bees don't have spines. Yeah. They're invertebrates. It's just like Mr. Lubner. Remember Jane Curtin's husband and those Saturday Night Live skits? Mr. Lubner was oh, born yeah. without
3: a spine. The, 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 that, that aired 20 years before I was born. I do mm-hmm. remember it very well.
2: Yeah. yeah. Well, let's put it this way, Connor <laughs> Mr. Lupner is also going to be on the endangered species right. list because right. he doesn't have a spine. Yeah. Is this idiotic or what? Talk about judges making the law because they think it's the right thing to do. How about going to the legislature and saying, hey, pal, add bumblebees to your list because right. they're not
3: fish. Yeah, absolutely. What am I missing? You got it. You got to lobby. Uh, you got to lobby the the. the the state legislature to modify Section 45 of the California Fish and Game Code, um, which defines fish as a wild fish, mollusk, crustacean, invertebrate, amphibian, or part spawn or ovum of any of the of those animals. Well, if you look at this and say uh, mollusk, crustacean, <laughs> comma invertebrate, you've got to ask yourself why are they saying invertebrate? Because bugs are invertebrates, right? As are lobsters. They're saying invertebrate to say animals that live in the ocean. Uh, and therefore rivers uh, but then you have another problem what about all of the invertebrates that live in uh, say coastal areas and yeah. and, and rivers yeah, uh, like that, mr. Luner right that interact right, that interact with the water right they, they they maybe they live on top of the water or in and out of the water back and forth and they're invertebrates like a, imagine like a lobster uh, or other uh, insect like uh, animal that yeah. uh, climbs in and out of the water oh okay well is that a fish well if this if the fish and game code just says Says, Hey, we, we handle fish and everything that lives in the ocean just like lobsters. You get into really shaky territory. And the question is, was this law written ambiguously on purpose? Was it written ambiguously by accident? As a goof? Well, legislatures write laws ambiguously all the time because they're horse trading. the The two sides come to ad, come to agree on on language because right. they think this will be interpreted by courts their way. Both of them disagree about how a court will interpret this, so they are willing to sign off on it. And then it goes to the judge, and the judge comes down one way or the other, and half the people are unhappy. But guess what? You wouldn't have gotten that law passed at all. The question is, are we in California? Hey, don't we have a massive Democratic majority? Can't we modify the California fishing game code Any without too time. much trouble? Any we time. should be able to. Now, if this were a national election, right, uh, or something happening in the Senate, where the Senate is a complete mm-hmm. joke, complete undemocratic standstill, designed, literally designed to prevent the federal government from doing anything, because the small states and the, you know, what would have been called conservatives back then were just afraid of big government and government doing anything. So they designed the Senate literally to stop the government from accomplishing anything good. Or at all, um, because they thought government was, you know, basically going to make mistakes mostly, and they were afraid of a king, right? So that's the Senate. This is the California legislature. Yeah. We can do things here. I mean, I am all in favor of practical legal solutions that give the finger to the 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 you know the structure of government and say that these are the rules and this is how we've done it previously in the past and, and it was just the right way to do it. Forget all that. That's ridiculous. Tradition's ridiculous. Sticking to the way we've done things classically is ridiculous. If you want to find a way to protect bees when bees obviously need protecting under our current scheme uh, and there's no way to pass it through the legislature. Okay, fantastic. But shouldn't there be a way to pass it through the legislature? And in reality, this is very ripe to be overturned. On the other hand, since it's very ripe to be overturned, maybe the judge is making a good decision. The court of appeal made the decision. So the only thing that's left is the California California Supreme Supreme Court, Court, right? These judges Made the right decision because it's good for bees and good for people and good for food supply and good for everybody. It will we'll have time while it works its way up to the California Supreme Court, threatening to be overturned. Mm-hmm. The legislature sees the that coming. Yeah. And then the legislature modifies the efficient game code. The day that SCOTUS, or rather California-tis, uh, the Supreme Court of, of California overturns this okay and so is that a silly backwards way to do it yeah Yeah, it is it is because
2: (laughs) the judges don't get to make the laws that's not how it works
3: i Mm. mean they kind of do
2: well they kind of interpret it but if they start making the laws then they're going to be poking us in the eye because we're going to have to live under the fiat of the judges. Hey, when we come back, did Liz Cheney stick the landing? We'll talk about the House hearing on January
3: 6th. But first, Connors going to tell you how to rate and subscribe to Too Many Lawyers. Yeah, check us out on whatever podcast platform you prefer. That's probably Apple Podcasts. Make sure that you've clicked that little subscribe button. You're not just downloading uh the episodes every week as they come in so click join click subscribe click whatever that button says on apple Podcasts. it says join for some strange reason but on other platforms it says subscribe uh or sign up or, or push notifications or whatever else and uh get notified every time we put out a new episode which is wednesdays we'll be right back
0: bp added more than 70 billion dollars to the u.s economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.
1: When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions.
0: Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I
3: need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate?
1: Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers.
3: Hey, Brian, those are really good questions.
1: They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying.
0: I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you.
1: REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.
2: This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So the big January 6th committee, House committee, uh, held its first hearing. A primetime, two-hour primetime television event. It was on a Thursday evening.
3: It was aired live on most networks. I think Fox was the only one that did not air it live. Interestingly, Fox did not air it. Instead, they had uh, their normal lineup of shows. I think they called them lowlights. They, <laughs> air, they aired lowlights
2: of, of the hearing.
3: Yeah, it, and uh, in, including their normal lineup, including uh, Tucker Carlson carried without ads that night interesting. Yeah. Plus they're, Sean Hannity. I think both of them were right. without ads. They're so, yeah, but nobody cares about they're Sean so Hannity They're so desperate anymore. to yeah. get to There's keep the viewers. Do not flip back over to that other. Do not go switch over to the, the January 6th. Not area. only no commercials, we'll send you a check. Yeah, seriously. I mean, these people are leaving. You think that we all, we all give them the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, well, Fox is just doing it for money, right? They're not ideologues. And they're just doing this to extract that. Like, that's the most generous interpretation I can. These people are leaving money on the table. They're just, we don't even care about advertising. We don't care about money in our pocket. We want to control the public narrative. We are ideologues. I promise you, it's not about the money. Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> so after 10 months of work by this committee, a 1,000 ind- witnesses they interviewed, 140,000 documents, they've got 45 employees, including over a dozen former federal prosecutors, and the budget so far is $1.6 million. They rolled out this primetime event.
3: That's honestly shocking that you could do literally anything for $1.6 million. Yeah. I, you, you, you can't sneeze in the Capitol building without getting charged more than $1.6 million. I mean, all these people are making millions of dollars a year uh, one way or another. Maybe the
2: prosecutors are working for half pay. I guess. They're like doing that. this pro bono. So the theme by the Democrats on the committee, and of course there were only two Republicans, uh, the guy from Illinois, uh, kaczynski Rosinski, I've forgotten his name, yep. uh, plus Liz Cheney, of course, Cheney, so the high-profile yeah. one. The theme is this was an attempted coup by Donald Trump. He was at the center of the scheme to stay in power. It was not a spontaneous riot. It was a culmination of an effort to keep him in power. They they, uh, trotted out Trump's own team condemning him. Uh, William Barr, uh, the attorney general for Trump, uh, told investigators that the steel allegations were BS. Uh, and of course, uh, you had uh, a lot of people, including Ivanka Trump, the, do- the first daughter, agreeing with Barr's view that there was no stealing. And the response by Trump to his daughter's comment was, well, she she checked out. The most provocative thing, Connor, of course, was, uh, and I'd never heard this before, I don't know if this was brand new news, but Liz Cheney said, You are going. To hear from a witness. She did not name the witness. Mm-hmm. But you're going to hear from a witness who is going to say that when Donald Trump heard on January 6th during the riot <clears throat> that the mob wanted to hang Mike Pence, what he said was, maybe our supporters have the right idea. He deserves it. Now, that's pretty over the top. Wow. Uh, so the question is, is that going to be his Joe McCarthy moment? If it's yeah. perceived by the nation as credible that he really did say that. Yeah. Uh, or is that just going to be one more of a hundred things that people don't yeah, especially like about Trump,
3: but doggone it. Uh, we love his policies, etc. And that's the thing. They, they, they have never, his supporters have never turned on him before. Uh, moderates haven't even turned on him before. Moderates are still obsessed with giving Trump the benefit of the doubt in terms of, uh, you know, did he really mean it? Was it a joke? Is he just trolling people? Because that's what they want. A lot of, you know, moderates are really conservative, um, or at least largely and identify with them and empathize with conservatives. And and the idea of trolling the liberals, uh, anybody to the left of me, uh, trolling them is good because, you know, they're sanctimonious. They're looking down on me. They're judging me. They're telling me I shouldn't eat hamburgers and try, drive trucks and shoot guns. Um, and so I think that's why Trump gets the benefit of the doubt so much. But do I think this should be Joe McCarthy, the Joe McCarthy moment, the hot mic, you know, caught, a uh, moment where somebody says something so raw and so real and so terrible that everybody <laughs> <So> understands. <wrong. laughs> yeah. That everybody understands this guy's a bad guy. And he actually, uh, say the, his supporters had, had actually gotten into the Capitol, uh, while Mike was still there and they hadn't evacuated fast enough. The secret service hadn't been quick enough to, to shoot people, uh, who were, who were breaking into the Capitol building and, and, you know, ch- charging down the halls, mm-hmm. uh, if that had happened, imagine what Donald Trump would have done. Do you think Donald Trump would have condemned it? Do you think Donald Trump would have said, oh, man, this is really terrible, and this is a subversion of democracy, and no, obviously I get to hand off the baton to, to is, Joe Biden? Isn't it Hell
0: a, no!
2: Isn't it
3: amazing that we're not sure how he might... I'm pretty to that. sure. I'm
0: pretty sure <laughs> so, he would have
3: said, this is this is the people rising up and, and, and doing what's right. And uh, Mike had it coming and he he had a duty and he, he failed in that duty and therefore uh, he deserves to swing. I mean, th- th- that's Trump right there. I mean, wow. he said uh, he deserves it. So let's talk
2: about what's next. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, there are going to be four or five more hearings. The final one will be another primetime right. event. Other than that, it'll just be daytime stuff. They're going to trot out a lot of witnesses. Um... the objectives of the Democrats, I think, are two. Number one, they want to send a message to the voters as the midterms are approaching, because there's going to be a final report after the hearings in June. It's going to be a report in September, October, kind of an October surprise. So will it help uh, Biden get off the mat in terms and other Democrats in terms of the midterms? Right. That's question one. Question two is kind of more provocative. Is this going to be laying the groundwork for a prosecution of Donald Trump? or or people below him who might flip and point the finger at him to the point where prosecutors would feel confident. I don't see it happening because a lot of folks uh, would love it if Merrick Garland, the attorney general in Biden's cabinet, would say, doggone it, between the congressional hearing stuff and all my investigation, yes, there's enough to indict him. We're going to take him to trial for election fraud, for inciting a right, and so on. Is there any way Biden's person in the Department of Justice that guy could get away with trying to put the 2024 opponent of Biden in prison I think it would be seen as transparently political by kind of the middle uh, of America but what about the district attorney in Atlanta? What about the prosecutor in Washington, D.C., yeah. either incitement of riot or, or trying to yeah. steal the Georgia And votes. I think that, that, that wouldn't point. be perceived, I think, as totally pre- transparent. I think right. that would be
3: removed enough from Biden's thumb yeah. that people might accept it. I, I think. I, I'm 100% true. I, I think that's 100% true. I think you're 100% correct. I think that, that the more moved you get, the better. I think that the Southern District of New York and Atlanta and D.C., that these uh, the AGs in these states and territories are, are the, the correct people to go after Trump because separating it from Biden is a good strategic move. Um, it's a good PR, like messaging move. Um, And it doesn't harm their chances of getting him. Either he you know, they they, the January 6th committee said we have enough evidence to indict. uh, But you you prosecutors have to do the indictment. We're just senators. Right. So you are handing it off to you at this point. Are they going to pick up the the ball and uh, move it forward? Uh, Well, Merrick Garland's never done anything else uh, in his life. Um, Good thing he didn't end up on the Supreme court, I guess, because he would have been sitting on his hands, I guess, uh, just uh, stepping back from all the important decisions because he didn't actually want to pull the trigger on anything, maybe. I don't know. You know, it just doesn't seem like that big
2: a deal uh, to to put Trump on trial in the criminal case because all you need is a grand jury of twenty three citizens of yeah. residents of Washington D.C. Right. or Atlanta yeah. to vote by a majority to yes, let's prosecute. I think it's a majority vote. Let's prosecute. Hamlet, send him to trial. It's yeah. probable cause. There's reasonable uh, basis for believing. And then he's in front of a jury of 12 citizens of Washington, D.C. Yeah. Or downtown Atlanta. Yeah. You've got to vote unanimously. But if you get 12 people. Yeah. I mean, Johnny Depp got seven people to vote for him yeah. in Virginia. So, I don't know. It seems like that is the path. All right. When we come back, how much should a guy get when the office throws him a birthday party he said he really didn't
0: want?
1: The right agent can lead the way. Based on 2022 BrandSpark American Trust Study. Each office independently owned and operated.
2: Stick with us on Too Many Lawyers. This is Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Okay, so big lawsuit down in Kentucky. uh, A fellow named Kevin Burling. He works for Gravity Diagnostics in Covington, Kentucky. A couple of years ago, he, he told his manager, Look, I just don't not really comfortable around birthday parties. I've got stress. I've got cake phobic. Kind of I've got panic uh,
3: disorders and so on. So please, no birthday party. What okay? if somebody, you know, plans a surprise party? The guy's got PTSD. Yeah. He's uh, going to have right. a flashback to Fallujah. So he told the boss, yeah, Just don't want it. Just don't, don't do want it. it. Don't okay. Do it. Guess Very what? clear.
2: Guess what? Somebody didn't get the memo. <sighs> They, he shows up two or three days Susan later. Susan
3: in accounting is yeah. obsessed
2: with birthdays. I think it's Brenda,
3: Brenda or Karen. Oh, sorry, yeah. Not Susan. I don't want to malign Susan, Anyway, sorry. they show up. Oh,
2: the balloons and the cake yeah. and the f- noisemakers and he's got the panic attack going. So he complains to his manager. I told you guys I don't want this. Pretty, I
3: was pretty clear.
2: His supervisor chastises him oh, no. uh, saying two things that wound up in court. Number See, one. This is a,
3: yeah, this is where it gets bad. Yeah,
2: You're stealing your coworker's joy. What's wrong with you? You know, you don't want to deprive Dilbert and Dogbert of being able to... And Wally. Don't forget yeah, Wally and Alice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And also, you're being a little girl. Now, that crossed the line, according to Kevin Burling, He files a lawsuit for the negligence and... Uh, Four hundred fifty thousand dollars is what the jury gave him. Nice. So, Connor, nice. do you think that the jury kind of went overboard, or do you think that was see, about right is, under these see, circumstances? This
3: is this is a problem. We people look at every individual jury verdict as um, as. The the justice that this individual person needs to get meted out, right. deserves to get meted out. And that's what the judge in the courtroom is going to tell you. And that's what the lawyers in the courtroom are going to tell you. But that's not how juries see it juries see every single lawsuit as a referendum on society broadly. And the plaintiff's lawyer always is obsessed with doing a good job of uh, of conveying that basically in an underhanded way, you get to tell us how society should look. You get to run the show. This is mm-hmm. your chance to be a senator and vote on the bill and say, should hostile work Send a message. Yeah. Should hostile work environments exist? Should you at your... And this, they can't say this. They can't talk about how you at work would should, would feel in this scenario. They can't appeal to the jurors individually. But guess what? they Do it. That's what plaintiff's lawyers do. It's their whole job is to put the jury in the shoes of the plaintiff and make them think. How would you feel if you had a serious, uh, heartfelt belief, deeply held feeling about anything? The brand of copy machine, uh, you know, whether it's a Keurig or a coffee pot in the break room, uh, whether birthday parties are held, whatever, and you make it known to your boss, and then. They go directly against your wishes and worse, deride you, belittle you in front of everybody else, Mm -hmm. tell you, you know, make insulting, sexist comments in front of you. I mean, that is terrible. Right. And the plaintiff's attorney is is playing this up and the jury clearly ate it up in this case. The jury gets mad and wants to send a message. So that's what these verdicts are about. And, and, you know, do I think that that is a symptom of a broken uh, system? Yes, but given the current system, I totally I totally get it. I totally understand why I, I would feel a, a, in a similar uh, be in a similar mood if I was on these juries. So is this too much money for this guy to get? Probably yeah.
2: Well, <laughs> but so now let's I move, get it. Let's move to our final case. and if you think 450 might have been a little high, wait till you hear this one. Should GeICO have to pay 5.2 million dollars to a woman who got a sexually transmitted disease from having sex in a car? that was insured by GEICO. So you hear yeah. this and you say, what is this, an April Fool joke? I don't get it. So the Missouri woman, she gets the uh, human papillomavirus papilloma or yeah, HPV, HPV right? from her partner while in the car. She says her partner did not alert her to the danger of this. So uh, after the unhappy diagnosis, uh, she goes to a Geico, the automobile insurer who insured the guy, and says, OK, you know, I'd like a million dollars. And they say, are you kidding me? We didn't do anything. A One million dollars. She says, you insured him. OK, you you know if you ran me he uh, he ran me over you'd have to pay for his negligence well he was negligent in the car so you've got to pay right. so they go to an arbitration Geico's position is there's no coverage. We're not attending this stupid arbitration. Uh at the arbitration, the arbitrator gives her $5.2 million. Now maybe the guy didn't fight too hard. Maybe right. he figured, you know, we'll go after Geico. And sure enough, they go after Geico. Now Geico has filed a motion uh to intervene, to object, and the arbitrator said, No, too late. You yeah. have your chance, you know, you're not. But Geico has filed a federal lawsuit seeking a declaration by the court. Uh, that there is no coverage in this case. So the real issue kind of is due process. Can your rights be adjudicated even though you weren't there, even you had a you know, a legitimate basis for saying we don't belong here? Right. What do you think? you think uh, GEICO is going to have an unhappy ending here?
3: Yeah, I, this is uh, something. Okay, so I do uh, basically exactly this sort of thing Monday through Friday, right? I defend insurance companies in lawsuits where... Somebody says your insured was uh, negligent, right? So I defend the individual insured. But it's in the course of operating the vehicle, right? In the course of operating the vehicle, Um, I defend the individual person, the driver, the owner of the insurance policy, or whatever else. But I'm also representing the the policy, the insurance policy that's really covering it. And that's what very likely happened in this case. As you astutely pointed out, the defendant in this arbitration, her former partner who gave her HPV in the car, the guy whose name is on the lawsuit who's being sued, but who's covered by Geico, is maybe not fighting as hard as he could have or should have been. Uh, Maybe the lawyer representing him, uh, if there is a lawyer representing him, as there should be somebody like me uh, representing him because it should be paid for and provided by the insurance company. Uh, But in this case, it wasn't paid for and provided by the insurance company because they denied coverage. They said there's no coverage, Mm -hmm. so we don't have to pay for the defense or the verdict. We don't have to pay the lawyer to defend the case or whatever verdict might come out of this arbitrator or arbitrator's award. So with nobody in the room, maybe this guy had a lawyer, maybe he didn't in the arbitration, we don't know, it's secret. But regardless, uh, he probably didn't do a good job of of advocating uh, that they not take a bunch of money out of his back be, uh, out of his hide because if they do it's really going to come from uh, the insurance company. I mean, is his former partner really going to try to collect on him? Are they going to foreclose on his house or his Hyundai Genesis that they had sex on? Are they going to re- repo the car? Probably not. There are things for, like the homestead exemption where you, if you own a home uh, you can keep like the first k in 175 k in equity in that home and you don't have to move out of it. Plus they can't sell the car because they'd have to reveal to the buyer that <laughs> somebody had sex in that car. and got a HPV in this car. Somebody spread HPV in this mm-hmm. back seat on these velour seats. No, probably not velour, but it's a a, Genesis definitely so need to know. fumigate that. Vehicle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Steam it out. Steam it out. So th- th- that's the real question: is is Geico's going to be coming in and saying, "Okay, yeah, we denied coverage, and we had good reason to deny coverage." They kind of did because this is like a, a case of first impression, right? No, but as as judges like to say, we've never had facts like this before. People get HPV in cars all the time. That definitely happens, but nobody turns around and sues the insurance company on that case. But let's think. About it, let's zoom out. Let's not think too narrowly, and let's applaud the smart plaintiff's attorney who came up with a good theory of the case here. And said, "Look, you've got millions of dollars in damages. HPV leads to uh, cervical cancer. That is a ser- very serious thing, and you can uh, make a, a, a very convincing case to a jury or an arbitrator that she has future medical expenses. How much is it going to cost if she gets uh, uh, if she gets uh, cervical cancer in the future? I don't know, a million bucks, two million bucks. How much should she be compensated for having an uh, uh, increased risks?" say 50% increased mm-hmm. risk or 80% increased risk of cervical cancer in the future. I mean, it's more than 80% increased risk. It's massive. It's, you basically only get cervical cancer if you've had HPV. It's, it's a massive uh, upgrade in your risk profile. So that's worth a lot of money, both in potential pain and suffering and potential medical costs. So the question is... Is this the sort of thing that car insurance covers? Well, look at the policy. The policy's going to say things like occurrences in the car, right? Because it has to cover things like auto accidents, but it also has to uh, co- cover things like a tree falling on the car. And what it's a, gotta what covered- if a
2: bad guy pulls out a gun? He's, he's sitting, he's Absolutely. sitting riding a shotgun, pulls out a shotgun, blows the head off of the driver. Right. Is, does Geico have to pay? Well, it's, it's, I don't know. It's, Do well, they? I, I haven't read the when policy, you- but I'm prepared to say, no, they don't have <laughs> yeah, to. Yeah, think about this, Connor. We're in Disneyland. Everybody's having a good time, except a few people aren't having fun at Disneyland because somebody gets an STD while riding in the Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Or the, you know, Dumbo the Elephant, the Flying Elephant. Are you going to sue Mr. Toad and Dumbo and sue the cryo? Dumbo gave you HPV? Sue the cryogenically frozen Walt Disney? It makes no sense because... Disney is not responsible if two people climb right. into the elephant and have well, sex.
3: Let's think about this. The insurance company offers itself up in the world and it says, look, you're driving around in a car. Uh, things happen in if cars. If anything bad happens to See, you, if we'll anything pay, bad happens in the know. car, we'll pay, right? But they do narrow it down. They say, you know, there, there's something like acts of God, right? Your car gets hit by a meteor uh, or, or something. It, or somebody vandalizes your car, you got to go after the vandal. Mm-hmm. You can't can't go after uh, uh, us. You know, Racer right? right? So, <laughs> so it, there's two kinds of uh, coverage broadly. There's coverage for your car if if something bad happens to it, a comprehensive coverage, and then there's collision coverage uh, that covers other people's car. Uh, and in this case, this is, would would fall under that umbrella. And we think of collision coverage as covering collisions only, right? Mm-hmm. But I mean, uh, you're fixing people's bumpers, but say you run somebody over with your car, a a pedestrian. Well, that's, you know, that's still covered. Say you're not on a public road and you bump somebody, uh, in your car while you're in a driveway, uh, or back into a garage, uh, or you back your car into a, a shelf in the garage and knock it over and it hurts somebody, uh, or if you're driving in your car and a, a, a faulty ignition switch ignites some gasoline fumes in the pump yeah, and explodes. But there's no faulty
2: ignition switch people. here. What about if a guy goes into his car in the garage right. and decides to commit
3: suicide? Sure. Is the insurer, car insurer going to be able to have to pay the widow? Great question. Let's think about intentional acts specifically because this is a huge reason why people think, oh, this guy knew he had HPV and he knowingly exposed his his partner, negligently exposed her, and he knew that it was – right? So does a car – does car insurance cover somebody if you run them over with your car? Yeah. It's whether you intentionally did it or negligently did it. Although the insurer might be able to go back against the negligent, intentionally bad guy. That's right. But there's still coverage. And that's super important because they're going to collect all that money from the insurance company. And then guy, again, has a Hyundai Genesis you can repo. There's no money there. You can't go after him, right? It's over. The case is done. So basically Geico pays. But they have coverage, right? They cover intentional and negligent acts. So in this case, he's intentionally or rather negligently because he wasn't actually trying to give her HPV. He just didn't care if she did. Probably not. Maybe he did. Yeah, Yeah. but most likely he he knew he had HPV and he just didn't care about her getting it. Okay, so uh, in this case, there's something wrong. Our mind just rebels against the idea. This isn't driving, right? This isn't about driving. Mm -hmm. But like, say you are driving, say you're driving your car and you park your car. And while you're parked, somebody comes along and hits you. You're still covered, absolutely. Whether you parked on the side of the road, in the middle of the road, it's arguable about who's at fault, but you are covered. That's still part of driving because you, you are in your car and you got hurt. Okay. What if you are in your car and you're, uh, you know, in the back uh, being getting handsy with your girlfriend parked on the side of the overlook, you know, sex point or whatever they call it. These kids, the kids go these days. (laughs) Yeah, that's what they call it. Sex point. Sex point. Yeah. And somebody comes along and, uh, you know, bumps you in your car and you roll off the the sex point cliff and crash. Well, you're covered. Right. That's accident, It's a collision coverage. Right. What if you're, you know, rolling around in the backseat uh, and you get HPV? How is it really different whether somebody negli say you're, you know, negligently uh, driving uh, while having sex, right? As some people do, uh, they perform sex acts while driving their cars. That's covered because that's negligence, right? The question is, is somebody just, just negligent and harm somebody else in the confines of the vehicle? Or is it, does it have to do with? I don't know, while the car's on, while the car's operating, you can find exceptions where the car doesn't have to be on or moving or anything. So I I, I like this You're raising some
2: provocative
3: thoughts. I I
2: think the fact that the car was presumably stationary that probably is going to be uh, a good fact for the yeah, guy. probably. All right, it is time for Guess the Verdict, America's Favorite Game Show. I got a uh, very quick, very uh, short... I got an angry letter practice. from Jeopardy,
3: by the way. They're pissed. They think that they're America's Favorite Game Show and they hate that all our fans are brigading them and sending them angry tweets uh, about how we're really America's Favorite Game Show. Tell you what, if they, if they let us
2: both on the show, yeah. then we'll stop saying We would ours embarrass ourselves. Yeah, I, I might get two answers out of a half hour? <laughs> All right, so here are the facts of a case. You get to guess the outcome. It's in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, radio talk show topic uh, of the day is uh, smoking. Uh, smoking in public, uh, rules against smoking. And so an anti-smoking activist goes on to the radio talk show in Cincinnati. The host is one of these troglodytes that uh, he doesn't care You know who he uh, insults or annoys. So he thinks it's funny to fire up a stogie and he blows cigar smoke in the face of the anti-smoking activist in the studio. In wow. the studio, wow. yes. The, Very studio, the Stern. studio melts. You yeah. know, the the transmitter falls over. Right, right, right. So the activist sues for battery. So how did this lawsuit turn out? Uh, does blowing smoke in somebody's face qualify
3: as battery, as in assault and battery? <clears throat> yeah, good question. I think. I think this is a pretty clear case. I think it's a pretty straightforward case that battery uh, is accomplished by smoke. Um, You know, it's not even uh, like, say, a bad odor that could really ruin somebody's day. That is that's that's one thing. That's something where you can think, okay, this is sort of cosmetic. Uh, This is not a physical touching. Right. Because battery is an unwanted touching and. It doesn't have to be just a punch to the face. If I grab your shirt uh, in a fight uh, uh, or a fighting manner and and trying to instigate a fight, that's battery. Um, If I grab an object you're holding that is, you know, clearly yours— uh, or you know, it represents you and your body and the things that you're carrying around. That's battery, and that's different. I mean, there's a famous case where a, a man was holding a plate in a buffet line, and a, a racist came up to him and he yanked the plate out of his hand and said, "You can't be in this buffet line because the guy holding the plate was black," and that was battery because he yanked it out of his hands. He right. was holding this object, and mm-hmm. that object became an extension of himself. If I'm holding onto a telephone pole. And you punch the telephone pole and say, "I'm I hate you and I'm racist and I don't like it." And I punch the telephone pole that you've got your hand on or you've got your arms wrapped around or something. That's probably not battery because that object that it, you know is is an extension of you, but it's it's not it's not an extension of you. It's just an object that you happen to be interacting with. And here we've got the smoke that is blown out of the guy's face, uh, out of the guy's mouth and at the other guy's face. These are tiny little projectiles. This isn't just an odor that he would, you know, uh, have to uh, suffer through. These are tiny little objects. They fly across the room as directed by at this guy's, you know, uh, at this guy's behest. The smoke flies across the room, and bangs against uh, this guy's face and nostrils and goes into his lungs. And it's not like we don't know that smoke is harmful. We know that cigarette smoke is harmful. It causes cancer. It also... Uh, You know, if you're in a house fire, what do you die of? It's not getting burned. It's the smoke. You die from the smoke, right? Smoke is a thing that harms people. This is very clear cut. I think this is a slam dunk for the plaintiff. Uh, The activist wins.
2: Oh, you're absolutely right. You win the game because, Yes. yes, it was determined to be a battery. Right. But I have a question for you. Yeah. You posed an interesting uh, hypothetical uh, odors. Let's say there's a slaughterhouse next door to your house, and what they do is they process... I live in a very bad neighborhood. They process wolverine intestines, okay? (laughs) And they do it between 12 and 3 every day, and they do it very vigorously to the point where the wind carries, wafts the molecules of wolverine intestine odor into your house and into your nostrils. Since I don't... How is that any different from the smoke molecules actually entering your nostrils. That's a really good question. And yet you were saying a minute ago, you thought the Wolverine case
3: would not be battery. That's a really good question. I I think, first of all, I go to bed at, 9 p.m. <laughs> every night, so I would sleep right through the Wolverine induction process. processing. So don't you worry about that. Uh, but I thought my hypothetical
2: um, had it done at noon. noon oh, three. okay, good,
3: good. I thought it was midnight it was, to three. Maybe yeah, you were I, napping. Yeah, yeah, I, I nap too. Yeah, absolutely, siesta for sure. But uh, you're right. It's it's a tough question. A battery is the is the intentional um, uh, touching. Um, uh, well, sorry, the, the the it is an unwanted touching, um, and it really kind of comes comes down to the attenuation, not uh, intentional, but the attenuation of. Uh, of how many steps there are in the process. This guy's blowing smoke directly in somebody else's face, yep. clearly trying to do that. And in addition to that, it's it's a direct thing. There's only one step between and the impact of the right. smoke in the other guy's mm-hmm. face. If you're just blasting, uh, you know, uh, Odors out into the world. First Wolverine, of all, intestine Wolverine intestine Wolverine oh, yeah. yes. the, the the particles are much smaller. Smells. The reason you can smell through an N95 is because smell is cre- is created is, is passed by some you know very small molecules. Basically, individual molecules. Your nose is sensitive to pick uh, enough to pick those up. Whereas a whole big virus gets caught up in the N95's mm-hmm. electrostatic you know clinginess because it's a much 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 bigger part particle. People
2: right? are are learning a lot from this podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
3: So. Odors are real small, and they're not directly, you know, pointed at these guys. If the the Wolverine Intestine Factory had a had a delivery and an exit blasty chute, uh, the 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 uh, the exhaust pipe of the factory was pointed directly at this guy's living room window. That, that would be hurt a the different. property values. It wouldn't be bad. And here we have a. It's a lovely fixer upper. Uh, we got a, a, a nice. It was a remodel done in the kitchen, but the the living quarters could stand a little improvement because of the intestine exhaust pipe that vents <laughs> directly. Um, uh yeah absolutely so i i think it's a different case uh because odors are just uh, blasted out we what we have is we have nuisance law for that we have that uh, things uh, an area of tort law called nuisance that would cover this uh that battery uh would be a different uh matter um and w- these people will be vindicated. you can you can sue the intestine farm next door right. uh, you just have to do it through uh the method of the a different tort that you utilize the, yeah. the nuisance tort instead of the battery tort
2: yeah and of course that makes me think of Uh, sound waves if you had a sound truck in the middle of the night at 3am and you blare out the message and wake everybody up, uh, that probably would be held to be a nuisance. Yeah. Uh, But what if somebody has an air horn and for a really sick joke he holds it one half inch from your ear and blasts it. Blow out your eardrum. Yeah. That might be seen as a battery whereas the uh, sound truck might be seen as not being a battery. I think we've established that these hypotheticals are all over the map. Yeah. But the fact is, the most important thing is you won the question on Guess the Verdict, so you're able to go on to the semifinals.
3: I'm going to walk tall this week, as usual, after <laughs> winning Guess the Verdict. Uh, nobody I in, uh, run into in my real life knows why I'm so confident, uh, but, uh, but I am. And Connor and I, I hope win.
2: all of you walk tall this week as well. And in another week, we'll see how the uh, Democrats uh, and two Republicans are doing on the January 6th hearings. See
0: you next time on Too Many Lawyers.